0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's not been very long since our last podcast. If you listened to uh, yesterday's episode, we did a spoiler special on Stray, so you're well endowed, I guess, this week with extra content and lucky you getting two podcasts in the space of two days. So we're now on episode 166 of the Finger Guns podcast, and we've got some interesting members joining us this week. Firstly, I want to welcome back Sean. He's only gone and come back for the first time in how How long has it been? Um like months, months, yeah. months. <laughs> It feels like it's been so long since we've had you on the pod. How are you, sir? I'm very well.
1: I just need to to just mention the fact that you said that we were well in down this week.
0: Yeah, were... I, I got stuck on my words. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the right choice, but it's sticking now. I mean, you might be, but I am not. Let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any better way to start a podcast than uh, an accidental innuendo shocking. <laughs> also joining us today. Oh, sorry, Sean.
1: I was just gonna say how are you, because this is like I don't want to feel rude and get to the end of the introduction, I'm not
0: about you how you are. <laughs> I'm good, thank you, sir. I've got a little bit of a cough today. I've been a bit unwell myself this week, but not too, too bad. I've been relatively okay. So, uh, yeah, a little bit nervous to be hosting the main pod for the first time. Feels, uh, feels empowering, but scary at the same time, you know? You're going to crush it. Thank you, dude. Appreciate that. Hopefully, the audience will feel the same. Also joining us today is Tom Woods. Hello. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, keeping well. How's your week been? Oh, it's been alright.
2: Nothing yeah?
0: much, really. Any been playing much? It's not a lot of games out at the
2: moment. I know you said I've played a couple of things for review, but that's honestly been it.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a dry it's... spell at the moment, isn't it? A little it? bit. Yeah. Well, you should doing well. I know. Obviously, we'll get to the games, when we get to recommendations, and game of the week. And joining us for the first ever time on the first per- on the proper, I guess, weekly podcast it is the mighty the myth the legend it's joshua thompson he bears no relation but he is the legend himself welcome josh i do not
3: need that high of a
0: praise <laughs> <laughs> i've been you up man bringing you on in style but thank you you for having me on how you doing mate yeah i'm not too bad thank you I'm not too bad yeah feeling good to be joining the weekly podcast
3: yeah it's good i'm ready to talk about what we're going to talk about this week
0: yeah, we've got some cool topics. Interestingly, it's been quite a, a dry spell of games, but there's plenty of news happening still in and around if you kind of keep a lookout for it. The industry never stops. Certainly so doesn't. Brilliant. So, welcome all. We've got an interesting mix of peeps joining us today. And, uh, yeah, let's just get straight into it. So, let's start with our usual kind of game of the weeks. So, let's start with... Go on, Sean, you're returning. What's your game of the week?
1: Oh, man. Um I know that there's like a dry spell, but I've been play, playing so much this last couple of months, I guess. When are um, you not,
0: to be fair? You're always playing <laughs> so many.
1: <laughs> that is true. Um, please touch the artwork, um, which has been out on PC for a couple of years, I think, but it's coming to Nintendo Switch at the start of September. And I've got a review copy and I can talk about it. So, you know, it's it's like well before the embargo, but you know, I managed to complete it last night and it's basically uh, like a transformation of modern art into a video game, where this this one guy looks at modern art, and you know a lot of this this uh, modern art is like just you know blocks, uh, blocks of color, black lines, lots of lines all over the place. It doesn't really look like this skill or emotion or something that you could take away from it. And this person's kind of taken that question of like. What is this art? What am I supposed to be taking away from it? And built video games into these art, these pieces of art. And um, there's three different types of so one's more like a puzzle where you click on a box of the you know these like window pane artworks where you've got lots of different boxes. You click on one, and then colour will splash out from that box and fill the boxes around it. And the idea is to replicate a famous a piece of famous art by doing just that. Uh, another is about two boxes that want to to join each other um they they are in love with one another um but you have to kind of drag them across the scene and another is like like a, a, a maze of past that you have to go along and then touch these little blocks and as you do so it, it brings out ever like a, a tale of what it's like to be this little person moving through a, a maze of like lanes that are just lines all over the place, and I'll be honest with you, I really didn't know what to expect from this because on the surface you watch a trailer for it and you don't really get what it's going to be like to play it. But it's fantastic, like genuinely really well designed, and it's blown my mind a few times, and it's just really nice to look at. So if you if you like puzzle games, if you like weird kitschy indie weirdness that you know is is only really possible in, in that kind of a game. Then, yeah, when it comes out, I mean, it's out on PC now. You can go and play it if you wanted to, but it's coming out on Switch. It uses the touchscreen really, really well. And it's coming out, I think it's the 4th of September. So, yeah, that's
0: my game of the week. It sounds utterly bizarre. It sounds wicked, but it sounds like my worst nightmare. I don't like art and I don't really like puzzle games.
1: <laughs> well, well, this is it. Like, so I, I'm not, like, I, modern art, I, I don't get like fine art. I can see, you know, I look at it and go, well, that's a brilliant recreation of a historical moment. Isn't it? I could see the vision, but modern art, and it's like, well, you know, it's a couple of dots on a white canvas, and I don't get it. I just don't get what you're going for. Yeah. But this this guy has explored that that kind of that question around what am I supposed to be taking from that art and put something into it himself. And I think that's kind of helped me to understand modern art a little bit more. Um, oh, fair. And it's it's really weird that as you try you know, traverse this this modern art, actually, you can see some of the skill that's involved in creating this stuff um, that, you pr- that I, I definitely didn't see beforehand. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun game. Um, and I'll have a review up on the website
0: soon. Amazing. So it's a game that's fun and it helps you to learn stuff and appreciate art in a finer form. Yeah, it grew my brain. That's that's always a win. <laughs> if a game can make you smarter, it's doing something pretty impressive. <laughs> The way you've
3: described it 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 sounds like does it play something similar to like the witness or like maquette or something where it is a first person perspective or
1: no it's like so
3: each each puzzle's
1: played slightly differently so okay um in in the one way you've got like you're train, trying to create the the window frames and all it is is basically vertical and horizontal lines that create boxes you just tap on them and and that creates like lines or creates space and you you then have to kind of duplicate what's been created in a different one. But the the, the, the two boxes that want to be together, they, they can only travel along a line that you sent them. So you, you tap on an origin of a line and the box will travel, travel that line. But there's like tunnels and there's boxes that turn your box. So you have to kind of work out what path you're going to take. So you send it down, uh, but there's a red box that'll turn it right and then a, a white box that'll turn it left. And I I cannot explain, like, the mechanics of it in in a way that will do it justice. And there isn't a trailer in the world that would make make people understand the gratification it is to play it. Because I just don't think, without having had some hands-on time with it, I think it's difficult. But, I mean, it won a ton. It won, like, Best Art at Tokyo Game Show a couple of years ago. It's won a couple of design awards. It is a really, like, good game. But, like, I just it's really impossible to describe
3: with it being hard to describe would you say that it's a hard game or it's actually kind of easy to pick up once you play it
1: it's incredibly easy to pick up so it's it's does a really good job of like easing you in gently and then as you as you progress if you get really stuck like if you if you have something like four or five tries or something you have to restart you a little question mark will pop up and just say Like this, and it basically shows you what to do. So you know if you get really stuck. But the fact is that I've I've not got really really stuck. It's it's normally there's like an element of trial and error in the middle of some of the puzzles that are like, in in one of them you've got to go through tunnels. So you'll you'll go through one black hole and come out of another black hole. But the black holes don't tell you where they're linked, so you kind of have to experiment. And on those ones, it's a bit more about chance rather than actual you know, knowledge or skill or... So those ones I've been like, oh, I'm just going to use the question mark to get through it because, you know, you get three chances and if you fuck up on all three, then that's it. Um So I'd just prefer to, like, do it four times, fail, and then question mark and, and hint my way through it. So it is very easy. Very, very easy. It's, uh, it's got that zen-like... um and, and the music that's in it. Do you know the you remember la noir the investigation scene music yes like the jazz like uh, that that's what it's got all the way through it oh it, it's it's nice. so brain ticklingly calm and nice
0: um yeah um, it sounds very soothing in a yeah. learning environment way which is weird to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> i never thought yeah. those two things would ever go together yeah. Sounds arty, man. Yeah, it's far out, <laughs> dude. Very,
3: <laughs> very good.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at images of on Steam, and like it looks like a game that doesn't show very well. It looks no, like a game that you you need hands on with. It looks kind of incomprehensible in pictures.
3: Absolutely, yeah. So, like a word of mouth is going to get it going, sort of thing.
2: Mm.
3: I mean, I mean, I hope so. I mean, they, they've given people lots of you know
1: a lot of people have got code for it on Switch, and um, there's no embargo. And they are very confident about this game doing well. So, um, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I've got, I'm not breaking any embargo to say I'm going to score it very highly mm-hmm. because I've come away from it surprised and educated and chilled out and just genuinely happy with the experience that I've had. It's taken me by surprise. Um, and it, like I say, the trailers just don't, you, you can't do it justice without playing it. So. If you are interested in this kind of thing, it's out on PC now. It's out
0: on Switch in about a month. Amazing.
2: Very One nice. start
0: to game of the week, that is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, all right, Tom, what was your game of the week? I know you said, obviously, you've had a couple of review games recently.
2: Yeah. I mean, the only thing I've played this week is is Digimon Survive for the review. Um, it's all right. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's a good game, but... Its its battle system pulls it back really like heavily by the end. It's most the, the producer said in an interview, I think that it's like seventy percent visual novel and thirty percent the the um, strategic like final Fantasy tactics style battles. Um, but those battles never evolve in any way. Uh, you're doing the exact same thing the whole way through. Your Digimon don't evolve by leveling up. You, they just evolve through story progress and they don't get interest in new moves. Uh, it, the, the combat's really bland. And by the end, I was letting it play itself because thankfully it gives you the option to lower the difficulty whenever you want and just have it auto battle. And then there's like five different options for what type of AI you want your team to use. But yeah, I got I got eight chapters in at twelve, and I was just like, "This th- nothing's changing." Battle wise, the story's like solid. It I think it like blows us load a little bit early with its sort of cooler stuff. um it, But yeah, the the combat by the end I was sort of sick of it because it was the same sort of dull. Not dull, dull's the wrong word. It's like a competent system. It, it just never gets to be anything more than that. There's never any like show stopping mechanic they add. It's the the only reason to fight is to progress the story. There's no fun in it besides getting to see the rest of the story.
0: Oh, that's a shame. I think always yeah. when a game has like an autoplay option it's normally never a good sign of
2: you know confidence in
0: your gameplay is it really
2: i'd rather have just had a skip battle option to be <laughs> yes. honest um like they didn't they didn't give out review code which i think i mentioned in the slack i'd seen people say that on pc it had issues and it ran badly on switch so it seemed like a bit of a a bad sign when when they don't give out review keys for, to anyone Yeah, the writings on the wall the PlayStation version ran totally fine. Didn't have any crashes. Had no issues. Translation was good. It's, ju- it's really held back by its sort of just serviceable tactical battles. If if even if you even learnt new moves as you leveled up, it would be more interesting. But the only way you can get new moves is by either evolving or um, or equipping. Them with a new move, which fills up an equipment slot, and you only have two per Digimon. Oh. So, so it's and, and even on normal, like which nor I, I when I play a game, I play it on normal as like a base to judge. Oh, well, this is what they expect you to play on uh, to judge its difficulty. On normal, it's a cakewalk. Uh Just like there's there's no challenge to it, and putting it on hard only really seemed to just raise damage numbers and health values it's not the ai never gets any smarter uh so this it's always sort of like weak to, to me to have a difficulty system that is just this let things hit harder and take more time to kill let's make you waste more time rather yeah. than do something interesting <laughs> so well, increase
0: the grind but not actually yeah, have you doing yeah. anything different <laughs> i
2: mean that's that's a that's that's a jrpg problem in general i think i've got uh, with a lot of games, like I played Persona 5 on easy because I don't care about the the, the battle system in Persona is good, but that's not what I'm playing it for. You know, like I want that story and that's what I wanted with Survive as well. Like once I'd figured out, oh, this is all this combat is, I don't care about it anymore. So I just stopped doing it. But I still had to wait for the fights to finish and the the autoplay AI isn't particularly very smart anyway. So it like even even without playing it, you still have to wait like three to five minutes for a fight to end. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it, it wasted a lot of time on gameplay that wasn't great. Especially because the game took four years because it they announced it in twenty eighteen. It was meant to be out in twenty nineteen. God laid, and then COVID happened. They switched studios, but the footage they showed in twenty eighteen looks no different to to what I played. Last week, uh, like I, I don't know where they spent their time with it.
1: I've got a theory.
2: You've got a theory. I mean, Go I've, got a,
1: I've got a theory that halfway through they just went, oh no! Obviously, when it changed studios, they just ditched a lot of stuff, and and then just made the game, just finished it.
2: Probably, it <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. I read an interview where they said. Um, the original pitch was a much smaller game. And then the, the second studio or the first studio they had to switch from cause they couldn't handle it or whatever. And then the idea got bigger, but I don't know how, and they managed to fold the budget together. So they actually put more budget into it, but it doesn't seem like it does anything particularly worth the extra two years of development time. It was it was all it was always originally planned from what I read to be a smaller, quicker to get out game. And it, it to be fair to it, it's thirty five quid. It's not a full price thing. The story's good enough that I'd say if you're really into like Digimon or visual novels, it's worth a look. But if you're there for for like really strategic thought out battles, you you're not going to get it.
3: Would this be a good jumping in point for Digimon as a, as a franchise or is it, it kind if, of just for the fans?
2: No, it's totally disconnected from everything uh they 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 do a thing at the end that made me sort of eye roll a little bit this like I don't want to say what it is, but they 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 there's a line that happens towards the end of the game where' it's like oh okay this is this is how they're tying it all together, uh but you can jump into it it's it's not connected, obviously. There's there's Digimon I recognized from like the original series and the movie from like two thousand, two thousand one, whenever it was. But I never kept up with Digimon beyond that. I've played a bit of Cyber Sleuth, which came out I think five or six years ago now. And that's a that's like a solid RPG. But again, I think I think they know to not make it like you need to know your stuff to really get a lot out of it. You don't. It's it's easy enough to jump in. There's there's like people you'll recognize not people digimon um but it's it's a fine jumping on point it's just not a great game it's good it's held back by shallow combat
0: oh, it's a shame it sounds like there's like decent parts to it but yeah it sounds like the development didn't go to plan in the
2: end yeah yeah it's got really like solid ideas especially early on and it does have when you beat it it says Play new game plus, something different might happen. Ooh. Which <laughs> which, you know, that's fine in a game I enjoyed playing. Like Nier Automata, you you beat it, you beat Route A, and it's like, hey, play route B, there's more to C and it's actually new content. Whereas I've I've read what happens when you do the new game plus playthrough, and it's not that it's different. It's not different enough for me to go, oh, this is worth a second 20 hour playthrough. It took me 24, 25 hours to beat Survive and I wouldn't do it Again for it I'd, yeah. I'd be skipping it. it There is a toggle to skip dialogue you've already read Which is nice So you can just zoom through it and get to the bits you haven't Seen I guess but I don't care enough Really
0: Fair enough. Fair enough Can't really argue with that Josh what about you? What have you been playing this week?
3: Um, so it's yeah, Like you said Not much has come out So I took a good hard look at all the old games that I have yet to play. And I went outside, went to game and bought Eastwood instead of going to my backlog. Eastwood uh, came out last year, I think, late last year. It's like a top-down pixel RPG, um, very heavily inspired by like Earthbound and Zelda. Um, I'm not very far into it. But what I've played of it so far, I'm really enjoying. Um, I think it's a nice little modern take on a story in that genre. Um, And I really don't know enough about it yet. (laughs) Like I haven't got that far into the story. I'm about three or four hours in, but I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. Um, But that's about it, really. That's all I've really played. Other than going back and playing Evil Within 2 oh well yeah there was that as well I, <laughs> I, I, it was game of the week not games of the week so i thought i'd pick one but that, yeah be doing evil within as well which is um something that really needs to be recognized
0: by by fans of the survival horror series yeah couldn't agree more that that game deserves more love that series deserves more love i think in general yeah but what about you what have you been playing for the week uh, mine is Before We Leave, which has come out like three different times. Uh, it first came out on PC, then it was on PS4 slash PS5. I think it was just a PS4 version. Uh, and then I played the Switch version for review. And it's one I'd had my eye on. I was really interested in it. I hadn't really taken the plunge. Uh, and then when the Switch code was off and I was like, hell yeah. Um, so it's like a city builder simulation resource gathering type game where you start off with like a small little island of like little things they're called peeps um that you basically have to look after so you you know you build like a woodcutter to get wood you have to develop farms that they can eat and build housing and then as you kind of expand to get more resources you know you get stone iron later on you get like some crazy elements and all sorts of stuff uh you obviously need more resources you need more people you need more space so the interesting kind of mechanic of it is that you start on a single island on a single planet then you develop like shipbuilding so you can move over to different islands and they'll have like weather effects so like so it'll be like a snow island and there will be a desert one another one's a forest one so like on the snow and the desert ones you can't build like farms on most of the land so you'll have to like trade between your islands to make sure every like peep enclave is well catered for and then eventually you develop spacecraft and you can go over to new planets which then have new materials and new research and all that kind of good stuff it's a very Easygoing, accessible game um it looks a little bit intimidating if you look at like the research tree initially like i opened it up and i was like holy shit, <laughs> what am i going to do here um but it's got a really nice kind of smooth graded like learning curve to it and then there's a couple of points which maybe slow down a bit too much but they allow you to kind of get to grips with what you've already learned and then it basically says like you know get yourself to another planet and then it kind car- of car- car- carries on the story from there so you can take it at your own pace um there's not a lot of risk or threat in it which i actually quite enjoyed it's quite like a laid-back thing uh eventually there is giant things called space whales that come floating out of the depths of space space over your planet and they just like take a giant bite out of your colony and will like destroy buildings and to kind of like deal with them you build like these giant space elevators to give them food it's pretty cool um it's got a couple of issues um I didn't particularly like the loading times it kind of got annoying having to set up loads of trade routes between pallets uh um, planets planets um and there's a couple of just like minor issues like you have to place roads before you can build a building so you know like in a lot of other games you'll place the building and then you just have to connect the road for the building to then come online so it's kind of annoying having to like plot out the roads first and all that kind of stuff Um, But I would actually really recommend it, especially on the Switch. It feels a very Nintendo-type game where it's very laid back, it's very chilled, um, and it's a nice, easy entry, and you can obviously play it anywhere, which is nice. Um, So, yeah, I thought it was a good game. Full reviews up um, on the site. And, uh, yeah, I think it's worth checking out if you're into the the city building management-type game and you somehow haven't played it already on all the other things it's already out on. So, yeah, that was my one. So, we don't have any... Quiz this week. Unfortunately, due to Cat being a little bit unwell, we wish her all the best. Um, we don't have a quiz, so we're just going to be straight into the news this week. Uh, our first item on the agenda actually comes from our resident Sean, which is about the state of the PlayStation Network store at the moment. Uh, we're all kind of in agreement, but I'll hand this over to you, Sean. If you want to just talk us through what you think is happening with Sony Store at the moment.
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a, a piece on the website. Earlier this week, because I don't know if if people often do this, and it, it seems like in some circles a lot of people do this, and, and other circles actually they probably wouldn't even notice that there is an issue. But currently, in the PlayStation Store, if you if you go to the new releases, or you go to browse and you or you pick a, a platform, you are likely to see a lot of the same icons for a lot of the same games, and that they are starting to kind of crush the PlayStation Store with crap, basically. So the games that I'm talking about are Jumping Food, so you'll see Jumping Sushi, you'll see Jumping Burger, Jumping Brownie, and then you'll see a Turbo version of this, which is like the Jumping Sushi Turbo. And you'll see these games like um, The Bronze Age, The Silver Age, um, and you'll see... Lots of the tennis bee or the lamb C or the check walk. There's there's just a lot of these less than two pound games that have been published on the PlayStation Store very recently. So basically, since the PS5 came about around about then, this started to happen. And what you'll find is that a vast number of these games are shovelware, asset flip, garbage. So the jumping. F- food games are quite literally some of them the same game but the icon for the food has been changed and all you do is press x and you'll get a platinum trophy from from that game within minutes the turbo version of that you don't even have to press the button to jump so like they say you know press x 300 times you get the platinum trophy on the turbo version you just press it once and hold your finger down and the food will automatically jump So you hold it down for like two minutes and you'll get a platinum trophy. This stuff is rife on the PlayStation Store now. Um, I actually submitted this to N4G and it got refused because one of the mods said that this wasn't a problem. Um, But everyone I've spoken to about it has been like, yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of problems with the PlayStation Store, but this in particular right now is pissing me off because for a long time, the PlayStation Store has been like I've had like a bit of a routine one, and I find a game, and I I I prided like myself and um, with Finger Guns or whatever website that I've written for, trying to try to like write about smaller games, trying to find those diamonds in the rough, those indie games with marketing budget. And currently, every time I pick up a game from the PlayStation Store, even if it's like a fiver, it's crap. It's it's utter garbage. It's an asset flip. There's there's two games that have been released on there by another developer which are identical to one another, um, but the artwork has been changed from blue to red, and it, I, I just I think that Sony really need to start curating the PlayStation Store, and I don't know you know maybe maybe I I don't think that I should be the gatekeeper to the PlayStation Store, but I definitely think Sony should be, and I don't think Sony are at the moment. I think they're just allowing any other shit on the, on the playstation store and you know my personal preference would be that they they start to to moderate it that they they start to curate the content on there because this content is on, on you'll see a lot of this stuff on the nintendo switch but the nintendo switch currently has the highest attach rate on of any console probably of all time um but the xbox doesn't have this shit the xbox is preventing this stuff from going on somehow you go to the Xbox store and you'll only find games that are games and not, like, cheap cash grabs. So it feels like one person's really taking notice of their digital platform and the other one's just kind of, whatever, letting any old shit on. And, you know, I'll throw that out to the floor to see if if other people have got thoughts on it. Yeah, no,
3: I'm seeing the same thing completely. Um, it's not even just in the section of new games. Like, I've started to see it now where I click onto the PlayStation Store and it, it's like a big, like, image box of advertising the game as part of like new products that they're releasing before you even see what else is available. So it's not even just like through the tiles where there's loads of them. They're getting big placements on the store, like almost on the front page, which is ridiculous. Like it's really stopping other games. Any like it. It seems like if you've got money to spend to be on the page, you'll get there no matter what kind of game you've got. It's getting ridiculous,
0: yeah, for sure. Go. Oh, sorry, Sean. Very yeah. no, go, go on. I was just gonna ask Tom but um, because I know you had a couple of thoughts in the slack about it as well.
2: Yep, I hate it. It's bullshit. I, I've I looked because when I saw in the slack that we were gonna be talking about this, and I read Sean's piece on I think I, yeah, had a little bit to say in the slack. Uh, it's abhorrent that sony that let this happen is it looks like steam when steam green light was a thing it looks like people just rushing it's not even rushing stuff they they their games are gonna be made up of about four lines of code and it's press x thing jumps get trophy you know uh i don't have a problem with asif like using pre bought assets for games, as long as the game is a game and like there's effort gone into it. Um, but there's so clearly no effort going into these, they'll make they're pro. I very much doubt that some of these are even like their own code. These are probably like YouTube teaching, um, tutorial packs of like star packs for Unity. Or whatever and then just, they'll just buy asset packs and replace the assets and then release the game again uh i looked on uh the psn store i've got it open right now there are seven brand new games in the last seven de- in the last three days since the fifth so four days now including uh you got pickle run jumping nuggets jumping pizza turbo big uh, the giraffe g Organic Engine, Jumping Nuggets, Zump Jump, Snow Journey. I mean, like the Pickle Run one is 6.50. And it's, it's an endless runner, I think. that Oh, no, it's, it's 12 levels. Wowee. And I bet each level is about 25 seconds long. Uh, it's disgusting. There's games in between these games. <laughs> like real ones and not just that but if you scroll up they've got all like the oh just announced just announced like roller just announced uh the we are ofk just announced uh and then you've got the jumping noodles and the jumping noodle noodles turbo just announced like they're filling the store with just utter shit and they they like it actively harms the brand because I, I think I do what Sean does every, I do it on Sundays I, I will glance through the new releases, I do it Sundays and I think I do it Tuesdays as well, so I think that's typically when games come out, Tuesdays, Sundays and yeah. I think sometimes Fridays um, and it's the same shit every time and it's like the same three or four developers who I'm who, who might even just be the same person under different company names, really, based on i genuinely think
3: it is i Basically. was seeing, i was looking at one of them uh the webnetics one mm-hmm. and it just sounds like an eastern european like one dude that's just set up set up socials mm-hmm. i think the instagram had like 11 followers or something yep. and then they've got a website and it's like here are our titles it's all the same titles yeah and that's webnetics and then there's uh with the ones with the jumping ones it it always changes the name but there's Mm. there's always similarities within those
2: uh yeah the uh the descriptions of the game are i think very similar it's like join the pizza p and mm. jump through these pretty graphics and chill sound or whatever
3: i mean fair enough if if someone's trying to get their bag pushing out these games because they probably make quite a bit of money
2: because it's It's (laughs) it's an <laughs> it's easy like, it's it, plat, isn't
3: it? Exactly. It's suckers like, like me that want to get more platinums under their belt. They'll just be like, oh yeah, this would be fun. And then it just gets more and more. Like I did do a couple at first. Like I can't, I can't even, can't even front. But stuff like uh, quick maths and uh, there was like a finger fitness. Even the hat had a bit more to what these jumping games are doing. Um, and My Name Is Mayo as well I had like actual, not substance to say but there was like different gameplay elements that it's the, and i think it's the platforming that's the biggest problem for me like fair enough have them in the store whatever like they all look the same so you know where not to look in the lineup of games but don't push them to the page where it's like instead of you know games that have come out this week like loot light or loot epic or whatever it's called and rododrome is not in is in the just announced but i think yeah. it's because it's like uh, PlayStation exclusive at the moment so it's either a Sony exclusive that's getting pushed to the page or the £1 garbage that we're getting
2: It's it's, it's infuriating to see it Like I I went to uni to do game design I dropped out because I fucking hated it it was awful but as someone that at least has a, a base understanding of what goes into making a game, like the amount of actual effort, the fact that these get pumped out every weekend Multiple times and multiple different versions of the same game every weekend. It's genuinely really shitty to see that Sony are letting this happen when they're trying to build like a brand for indies. And then you've got on the PlayStation Store page, like trailers for Life of Black Tiger and all this other just absolute shite that they just let be on there and they feature as if it's something to be proud of. But it actively makes the store look like shit, and it ruins games that actually have an ounce of effort put into them. Like, because they'll get lost in the sea of shit, and I f- the whole reason like Steam Greenlight went away was because of this crap. Like, it still happens on Steam. Obviously, it still also happens on Steam. Uh, it's I don't think consoles have gotten as full of uh, shit as Steam ever will be, but you have to like pay a premium to release on consoles as well like so these people probably already have money to spend yeah and they're just fucking like taking people for all they're worth cuz they know what they're doing i don't think anyone who actually makes this shit can, could ever defend it in a way that's like no this is this is like from the heart i really care about this this is something i love doing because it's clearly not. You're not even making a new game. You're just changing the art assets with other ones you've bought.
1: Yeah. But have you seen that silver age and bronze age?
2: I've seen them. Yeah.
1: That's quite, that's quite literally a colour palette change. Yeah. what it is all it is. It's it's they've changed browns to silvers mm-hmm. and re released the game. Um,
2: yeah.
1: And and the thing is these these like I checked on just on PSN profiles I think it was. Um, I think it was the jumping sushi had sold three thousand copies
2: to mm-hmm.
1: so and, and you gotta think they sell for well, it's like two two and, and a half quay.
2: It's one like £1.20 for the regular version and then two fifty for the turbo version.
1: So they, they've made three grand. Sony's taken a third of that. Let's mm-hmm. just say they made two grand and it cost them a grand to put it through cert. Yep. A lot check. So, you know, they've they've made a grand from one game. Now if they release you know, 40 of these over a year. But it, the problem is for me is I, I don't know how Sony solved this or even if they should. Maybe maybe we are a very small subsection of people that that understand, that see this and get pissed off by it. Uh, you know, maybe you know 90% of people that use the PlayStation Store never see them, never bother with them, wouldn't even be tempted by them.
2: Um, yeah, I, f- I think we're in somewhat of a, not a niche because I do imagine there's people that see these and go, What the fuck is this shit? But like, we write about games, you know, like we, we love this shit so much that we put effort into writing these pieces of work for no money, even do it for money because there's no fucking money in it, you know? It's because we love doing it. So seeing this shit like is genuinely like repulsive.
1: Yeah. I just, I feel for, for, for me, I can't. I can't go to the PlayStation store. And this is the way that I ended my piece on the website is the fact that I won't be going there and picking up a random game from the PlayStation store like I used to, you know, there are days gone by when, you know, Artifacts Monday, these like random Mm -hmm. hidden object games.
2: Those games are fun. They're a good like relaxing Zen game and there's actual like effort gone into it. There's voice acting in a few of them. Yeah, you know, they
1: they're they are they are a guilty pleasure of mine and I never would have found that as a guilty pleasure if it wasn't for the fact that I just randomly picked up a game that was like Tales from the Abyss Fire, mm-hmm. Ghosts of the Sea or whatever it was. And you know, I, I just I can't trust the PlayStation store to to not just be filled with something I've already bought.
2: Not <laughs> just not just that, but like there's no refund policy. If you buy this get- if you say spend I think they're fucking seven quid for these shitty runner games. Like the Pickle Run, which came out a few days ago. Uh, How much is it? How much is this shit? Fucking, yeah, £6.49. And it's a 12-level long platformer that is the same as the other fucking run games this person makes every other week. I say makes, he just changes the art every other week to, oh, Coffee Run. Or fucking whatever bullshit. Like, that's... Fuck it. I just hate it. I hate it. It's awful. And if you buy that, and it's pure garbage, you can't, like, get your money back for it. There's no... It's obviously buyer beware. Like Know what you're getting into. But the fact that they're, like, really happy to, like, take your money... Like Sony are happy to do this. They're like, yeah, give fuck off. You fucked up. You bought this, not us. Like, fuck you. We'll take your money and we'll let people keep falling for this shit. Cause I imagine a lot of people that buy them are probably kids. Cause they're like, you know, they've got cartoon graphics. They might appeal to a kid more. Cause I don't know. Ugh, I can't. I, there's gonna be a fucking moment in time. Where these shitty developers will latch onto TikTok trends and do that, but, but they'll make a fucking, they'll get a GIF of a character doing a fucking Fortnite dance or some shit, and plop it into one of these runner games or one of these jumping games, and kids will go, "Oh, that's the meme! I love the meme." Six fifty. Here you go. Like, I'm genuinely shocked it hasn't come of that yet, but it will, because. Yeah. These people are fucking shit. <laughs> they're awful people. They clearly have no care for the shit they're doing. They know they know they're essentially running a scam. This is a, this is a grift that Sony is letting happen. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking just awful. And yeah, like you said, Sean, like the Xbox Store, none of this shit gets through. I don't think quite as much of it gets through on Switch. I don't think I've ever seen any of these like jump in pizza or food games on a switch
1: it's normally the, the, the switch is normally fit like um, tech demo mm-hmm. sports games yeah
2: things that aren't an actual game yet they're like a yeah. someone someone's made a thing in a weekend gone oh yeah this is good i'm really proud of this because it's probably <laughs> their first ever thing they've made yeah. and at least it will have fucking like an element of gameplay to it probably like they'll have had to program on some fucking ai which takes at least a bit of effort. But fucking, these are just people pushing out the same game every week. And I know I'm going in circles on it, but it, it fucking really pisses me off. And like, I, I was like, when you wrote, it, I was like, fuck, yeah, you're right. Good for you for like saying it, because nowhere else is saying it. No one talks about this shit. other than Like Jim Sterling mentions it here and there, but it's more about uh you know like a bigger business in general it's not so much targeting this specific shit anymore i know yeah. they've done it in the past of uh gilson b pontes i think as someone that was putting up shit on the ps store a while ago yeah that was the
3: real beef where it was like the asset flipping stuff
2: yeah, <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. i think is... the solu-
3: i think the solution all in all is for sony to have those stricter rules when it mm-hmm. comes to putting platinums on their game because as soon as as soon as they put the would put those rules back into place and in stricter uh, conditions on what mm-hmm. constitutes as a platinum game these games wouldn't get them for sure because yeah. there's nothing in them and then by that people wouldn't buy them because they don't care because they don't have a platinum on them and then they
2: they'd go away they'd die yeah. <laughs>
3: hopefully <laughs> you think they would like dissipate a little bit until into nothingness but for now i think it's just going to be one of those where i mean i'm not going to stop looking because i think playstation is my my main way of mm-hmm. finding games and playing them so i'm still going to be looking every week and i think you just have to <laughs> it's annoying that you just have to look at the who's publishing them yeah just be like okay yeah maybe that is not a revered indie that mm-hmm. i can find <laughs> more so uh a platinum bait but
2: yeah, I f- I feel like like I said like we're we're people that do this shit. Not the every, everyday fucking PlayStation person ain't looking at the store every other day to see what's new. They're gonna buy the big AAA that comes out, and that's you know that's fine. Do that, but they're not gonna be looking through the store and seeing game after game of Spidey D or Jumping Taco bullshit. So so that's not what they're looking for. But like people that want to try and find like a small game by someone and just be like hey let's give this a shot some people will have bought these on a whim without realizing what they are oh for uh, sure,
3: at least once for me twice yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: but like i I know the bulk of these sales they are going to people who want trophies for yeah but i, I don't I, I I can't understand the mindset because I know I know people finger guns are trophy hunters i yes. i I like to get, like, a plat if I really love the game. I mm-hmm. won't... I, I can't force myself to play a game to just to get the trophy. Like, I think every every platinum I've got, it's either, like, it's a telltale game, so you get the plat just by beating it. Uh, or the one game that I fucking reviewed at the last place I was at where the platinum popped 30 minutes in, but there was still two hours of game left. And... Every that other sounds plat- like a Ratolike game. <laughs> mm. It was. It was not one of those, but it was an asset flip, bad Castlevania clone. Um But the the platinums that I have are like from games that I really love. I don't. I can't get into the mindset of someone that would waste even one pound nineteen to fucking get a fake little sticker that says, "Look, I played." That would be like a like a knock against your platinum list for me. Like if if I like looked at someone, I was like, yeah, I've got all these platinums. Like I'm really happy of them, and like sixty of them are from these fucking like jump and taco games and Giraffe G and Spidey D whatever fucking games. I'd be like, why are you proud of these? You know,
1: there's there's entire groups on Facebook dedicated to. So, one of the other things that these mm-hmm. games come with is the stacking. So, I don't know if you know about stacking.
3: Right, yeah, region based and. Uh,
1: Fuck, yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. Different, yeah.
2: Different regions give you separate trophies. And yeah. generation
3: based at PS4 mm-hmm. and PS5. Yeah, so
1: yep. you, see, you see these guys going uh, Platinum Trophy 89, 90, 91, and 92 was Jumping Pickle, um, two US, two EU, one mm-hmm. PS4, one PS5. You're like, oh my God.
2: Wow! Oh. <laughs> fucking yeah! Give this person a fucking medal. Well,
3: I can't say that I haven't done it because I have. Because some of the names of the games are hilarious. Like I did get the check run. That will be my last one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> The the lizard the girl with the gun the lizard girl with the gun oh,
2: like leotard gun Fuck. yeah I yeah, know yeah. I know exactly she's in like a purple <laughs> jumpsuit or some yeah shit.
3: and I mean that's mm. not as egregious as a jumping game that's doing nothing but the, no. it's a bad one but some of them have fine name titles and I just feel like for just for the sake of having it having <sighs> the name and the title I do go from however I have done enough where someone has messaged me and a bit like. Look at your trophies, like. Look at what you've got.
2: Yeah. Not
3: not how many you've got. Quality like, over wow, quantity. That I is a that is, is a burn. <laughs> but I've I've not done like sixty or anything. Like that. I've not gone that far, but I have definitely done a couple. But, yeah. And they like, used to they used to be okay. Like I said, my name is Mayo and uh, stuff like and Mister Massagey, those kind of games. Like they're not. They are dead easy. They're within an hour. Yeah,
2: but they they've got you know. There's a game substance. element to yeah, it. Yeah, there's substance there's, to I don't it, know, so... a fucking menu. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs>
2: so I miss
1: the days when the Easy Platinums were Terminator Salvation, Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: the fucking Avatar game. as well on i rem- Terminator I, I Salvation I was great. Right. <laughs> it was, it was a 12-gold person shooter. <laughs> <laughs> what a troglousness yeah, that was. They were fucking, you know, at least they were games. They They were just... I think back then people were just trying to get trophies in games, rather than, you know, building the game to get trophies. Yeah, and I think
3: like, I think the bump into the like level you can get has just encouraged that even further. Yeah, like make, it, there make, used to be a five hundred cap, I think, and now the it's number really big. <laughs> <clears throat> so I don't know. It's just, um, it's, I think it's just something we're gonna have to get used to until Sony back up their ideas. Really,
2: they probably won't. They get cut don't they like mm-hmm. what, what impetus do nothing, they have?
3: Mo- nothing motivates them and there's no net negative apart from mm-hmm. a couple of people getting
2: pissed off
1: this this might change though because obviously sony are introducing this reward scheme aren't they for
2: yeah for, for, you're right so i think i think we mentioned this in a in a podcast that this might hopefully stem the rising tide of just out of shite
1: because I, I hope that they they do look at it and go okay, well, we're not going to reward people for, you know, just spending a pound and 30 seconds getting a platinum trophy. Mm-hmm. We're not going to reward that.
2: Yeah. You know, Fingers um, crossed. Because that
1: would be great. Because, you know, if that's, that's the way that they go with it. And they, they just put rewards associated with platinum trophies that have, like, a rarity less than 20% or something like that. Because that would be fun.
3: Just to watch, or, the, entire... or they cap it at a certain level. Like, so many people have already got it that's it uh sorry miles this has gone a bit off topic
1: <laughs> no,
0: no 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 It's it's been really interesting for me to listen to actually because obviously i am like a self-proclaimed trophy whore and i'm mm-hmm. quite open about it and you know i've got 225 platinums and i've spoken to josh about it that you know i'd always said i won't ever do my name is mayo because although it's uh, a trophy collectors like like every trophy collector has it and it it's is a rite of those,
3: passage for sure
0: yeah and it was always one of those i was like no i'm not gonna do it and i've done i've done a couple of these kind of shitty ones of i did i did alien destroyer i think that was the first one i did which was like this terrible first person shooter thing where like you fight in the general direction of these giant aliens and they just popped out of existence um but that was kind of funny i kind of did it as like a meme joke thing and then me and josh both did the santa's workshop one on christmas day just for like i just christmas thought it plant. was funny yeah yeah you know it was one of those <laughs> funny little things i was like it's a quid i don't care you know it's a good laugh
2: yeah you're like doing it for the end joke in that's friends, it. yeah that's it's it. on
0: our
3: list now the time and date is on christmas <laughs> day we've got yeah, to yeah. them
0: that's our christmas present to mm-hmm. ourselves absolutely but I think I think this is a it's a problem with Sony's own making but I don't think Sony's is a problem because it's fostering more and more like profit generation for them it's an easy win for these developers and they found these developers I can't even really blame them for it because they found a niche of people who are willing to just splurge money on nothing in order to get the dopamine hit of the platinum and I do have a bit of a thing of it starting to turn into that is it starting to prey on people who you know are you know suffer from addiction because the trophy mm-hmm. popping for me is yeah. like that you hear that ding, you're like yes dopamine hit kind of thing um but like you said also kids was another one i was watching the trailer for the pickle one and i was like a kid could quite easily watch this trailer i think it's a really fun like temple run type thing and pick it up and then mm-hmm. see all the other ones in the list underneath it and buy them all and then the parents like what the hell is the pickle whatever and the big d and all that kind of stuff um so, I do think it's a problem of Sony's making. I think they do need to fix it. I think either like a Steam policy, you know, if you've finished, if you've played the game within, you know, less than two hours, you can refund it. Um, if you, you know, can argue that the quality of it is really crap, then you should be able to argue that and refund it but Sony have that weird monopoly that got challenged in Australia about how if you know, downloaded once, it that's it yeah and it's it's a garbage refund policy because if the yeah. game is fundamentally broken you know they've done it with cyberpunk so we know that they can do it yeah um but I think Sony are quite willing to sit back but I think the reckoning will come when they bring in this reward system because if you go on to like I go on PSNP quite a lot just to like track it I find it quite satisfying to like look at my stats and all the rest um but if you look at like the top five people going through their list there is like very few genuinely actual proper games in any of their lists they're all just stacks region stacking multiple versions different you know ps4 five stacks and it's all of these same shitty games from all the same companies and they have so many points you imagine if they're doing that on a scale with this reward system you know they'll be stacking up multiple ps pluses or whatever you know the reward will be and I think Sonya only then gonna think to actually bother to do anything about it because it would, you know, affect their bottom line in some way. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that will be the only way that this changes. But yeah, like I said, I've quite enjoyed listening to it from the perspective of other people. <laughs> um but yeah, so interesting first topic. Um and like I said, the discourse was quite cool to kind of get different people's perspectives on. And yeah, I read your article as well, Sean, I thought it was really interesting. And I'd picked up on it too. I think I'd said to Josh a couple of times on Party chat of you know, there's just so much shovelware in here now it's a real shame because the ps store used to be a really good place to go and just muse around in um but yeah so moving on to our second second sorry topic of the evening um is about xbox and kind of on the flip side of what sony are doing with their shitty kind of store uh, xbox have just announced a kind of family pass for xbox game pass um which basically allows uh basically for people to access the membership and all the benefits of having a uh, game pass ultimate um it's coming at a slightly increased price this is all coming from bgc um but they're planning to kind of open this up i think it's an island and another country they're kind of piloting in. um and then it's coming in i guess going to be planned for a kind of worldwide release eventually um But it's a nice option i'm always a big fan of you know giving consumers options it kind of works within the usual subscription models we see with things like netflix and amazon and interestingly when you know services like netflix are trying to crack down on people having multiple people in one subscription it's interesting that microsoft and xbox are willing to actually open that up and say you know between four of you the price will actually be a lot less so we'll actually get less money than if we charged all of you individually but it's a good option for consumers and i think it's a nice reflection of you know how consumer friendly Microsoft and Xbox have become. So uh, yeah, just throw it out, Josh. What are you going to make of this as a move? Uh,
3: they're just not missing really. Um, apart from the games, they're missing new games for themselves. <laughs> but other than that, I think business-wise, they're just hitting the market every time. Um, they they're not really they can't really do any wrong. I think having Game Pass. All these games come in day one to game pass even if they're not first party titles you know i think we've got two point coming out on game pass tomorrow um and then the fact that only for a small increase in price that a whole family can play it it's just facilitating for a lot more to get involved in the ecosystem because it's just making it a more enticing thing to do over any other sort of platform that you could play on a co- console wise like if you're gonna take the big three which is like the switch playstation and xbox like <clears throat> if you're thinking money wise what's the best value it's going to be xbox
0: Ooh. yeah no totally agree i think uh like you said the value side of xbox is just incre- like i've got a game pass ultimate just for my pc and you know seeing two points on there immediately day one you know like you said they're missing the exclusives the really top of the range triple a's but you know, the value for money prospect of Game Pass just seems to ever increase and get better. I don't know how they keep doing it, but Microsoft's so massive and there's so much funding, you know, they can afford to take these losses in some ways. What about you, Sean? What do you make of this move? Uh, just kind of ex- everything that Josh said, but um,
1: I think w- one of the um, interesting things about this for me is how it's starting to look a lot like the original Xbox One pitch, like the Xbox series. And I guess, you know, it was maybe... That, that console was maybe so far ahead of its time that, you know, we weren't just ready for it at the time. But now, you, if you remember back to that console, you know, it was always online. And let's be let's be honest, the Xbox Series console is always online now. There isn't a game you can't play offline. Um, and you had this, you know, this Family Pass thing where you could invite other people to be part of your subscription. So any games you've had, you could share with others, which is, you know, essentially what, you know, Game Pass shared with the rest of your family. Would be, so yeah, it's it's great value, and um I think Microsoft have to compete in this area right now, and uh, they have to be they have to be the best value because they don't have the other things like, you know, as a user experience, their console I think is the worst. You know, they they're just navigating their console is still a total fucking pain in the ass um, compared to the PlayStation Five and the Switch. Um, but you know, as 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 a console for like families you know if if i if i'm able to share my subscription with my kids they've got an xbox upstairs they can just go and download whatever it is that they want from from game pass it's it's so good as a subscription and it, it, it quite literally will save families fortunes um, but i think this is this is the kind of frontier that microsoft have to, have to compete on currently i mean in 12 months time this won't be a consideration you know Value won't be their thing because all of these studios they they've bought will be we're paying dividends for years and years to come. Um, but right now, you know, they have to compete there, and you know, they're doing a really good job on it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting thinking back to the original pitch for the Xbox One when you know Sony were able to mock them for the fact that you weren't even able to lend other people your pre-owned games, and now your entire family is going to get to you know have Game Pass <laughs> Ultimate for like fifteen quid a month or something. It's a bit mental, really, isn't it? Yeah, um, how the tables have turned. <laughs> yeah it took them almost 10 years but they got there eventually um but yeah i think it's interesting that they kind of ditched all the parts of that console that people didn't like at the time and then slowly kind of integrated them over time where people have become much more accepting of it like you said the always online you know the fact that it would like listen to your voice and all that kind of stuff um yeah tom any other thoughts you want to add or anything else uh,
2: in terms of xbox's game pass plans uh not a lot really They they seem to be the best value out of the free though i think uh we we've got a series x in house but we're doing that monthly payment for it like the one you it's like 29 quid over two years per month and you get game pass ultimate with it so like even that is like kind of a bargain uh getting getting a new console up front is pricey how, i I can't remember how much they are I think they're like four fifty still
3: yeah I think they're about four fifty um, and um xbox series ss are two fifty
2: yeah um yeah the the S I, I still don't really get i like as a like budget thing, it's great, but I don't think it's worth getting over something with a disc tray ever, obviously. Get, consoles are a luxury, anyway, right? Like I that, I don't get. I don't get the the idea of the S fully. But in terms of what Xbox are doing as a company, they've, I think they've said they're trying to treat it more as like an ecosystem rather than just Xbox as a console. Like Game Pass is coming to TVs, so you can just use Cloud Stream and treat your TV, which is I've used the cloud thing on Xbox, and it's pretty good. It's not good for every game, obviously. If input is important, it's not going to be great. But They're doing a lot of good things. I mean, this this family plan, it seems to be similar to what Nintendo do with their service, but obviously on a bigger scale because Xbox offers more with it. It's nothing but a good thing. You can already kind of do it anyway. Uh, If you make your primary account a different Xbox, for example, anyone that uses that Xbox has access to all your benefits, and then you just log in on your own console, but not make it a primary user. You can have two consoles set up and be running on on one person's ultimate, but to be able to do it across four systems or whatever, you can't do yet. So that's a nice thing you know, like, even even if it's not for family, people will split up, split up between friends, we do it with our Switch subscription, because I think you can get eight people on a Switch subscription uh, for like, I don't know, not that much more in price, but you just split the cost between eight people, and it becomes nothing, essentially. Um, yeah, like a family plan, almost everyone's got some sort of game console by now i think gaming is not a niche anymore it's just not so anything that facilitates more people being able to play games i think is great cuz games are great you know like every people <laughs> a lot like games get that thing of oh this is a just for kids whatever but i don't think that really exists anymore that mentality but it used to be very prevalent uh anything that gets more people Experiencing games like what games can offer people I think is is a good thing um, so yeah, xbox out out of all three, I think Xbox are doing the most for consumers, obviously they're still a company, they need to make money, they're a business for well, well, i don't they're not here to you know bow to our whims. we're buying from them, but they're doing the right things for the people that. Play on their systems or that are in their ecosystem. I think Sony is trying to play catch up with with premium and extra, but they're not there yet. There's not, I think, enough on offer. They've said they're not doing first party stuff immediately because it would devalue their brand or their IP or whatever, which is bullshit because obviously Xbox have been doing it and it's worked great for them. Um, it's, it's, has it, me- it though? Has it? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I
1: argue this because I don't think Halo or Gears of War, or Forza to that uh, for, sorry, Forza, are as valuable now as when, as when they were, were, we're not on Game Pass.
3: And they're also sneakily releasing the games but having DLC, DLC paid whilst, so whilst you can obviously play the full game. If you want the DLC, you you, ha- you will have to pay extra for it, like the Hot Wheels
2: stuff. Yeah, they've got to make money somewhere off it. I think the most people that got to play for us have got to play it through Game Pass, and obviously because it's their studios, they're happy to take the loss. Obviously, with third party stuff, there's going to be some cash changing hands to you know get things on the system. Um, but I think with their first party stuff, they're Confident enough in it that they're like, yeah, just let's do this. It's a, it's good to like Game Pass is great. It's a really, I don't, I don't, I don't know how good it is for developers. For consumers, it's fucking excellent. Um, I do, I do think probably there is some short change in happening to third party devs that get on it, but for first party, like. If Xbox are happy to let it happen and they're not shutting studios down left and right because they're putting stuff on Game Pass and they're not selling enough, then I don't really think there's an issue with that. Once, if if it gets to a point where first-party studios are shut, like they start doing an EA and shutting down everything that doesn't meet expectations or whatever, then it's a problem. But I don't think Xbox have done that up to this point and Game Pass first party's been a thing for a few years now Um, I think if there was going to be a negative knock-on effect to that it would have happened by now because obviously like I said it's been a few years I think they've managed to find how to make it work
3: I think we might have to just wait for a few more years to see how they're going See, like Sean said with these titles that will come to fruition by the end of it I mean we've got um starfield and stuff like that to come out still and we've just got to see what uh, benefits they'll reap from games like that how they'll perform and how much more
0: custom they'll get um yeah i think also like you said i think game pass has kind of excelled in the fact that xbox haven't had to worry too much about the first party stuff they've had halo they've had forza they've had a couple of relatively big games but you know sony's had you know god of war return all demon souls you know all horizon all these kind of games have come out this year and i think if they'd have been on a game pass like service we'd have really seen how it measures up in terms of how it affects sales and all that kind of thing and i think xbox have really hammered home on game pass in order to not kind of equal out but to try to balance the scales a bit of we don't have those kind of exclusives and while we will put ours on game pass and they will come eventually when we now that we've got these studios you know i'd I'd have been interested to see because halo infinite you know it's it's a very not very good community right now in terms of the feedback about where it's at and its process and you know the content that's been delivered and how it's i guess performed um So it'll be interesting as more of the first-party stuff now does come to the fore. We'll really see how much Game Pass is benefiting those massive releases. Um, Sorry, go on,
2: I think it helps that a lot of Xbox first-party stuff has an online component so far. So they're kind of built around having DLC eventually. Like Josh said, uh, the Hot Wheels DLC for Forza, see, fucking Taylors filled with cosmetics, fucking the online's free to play now you know like they have a revenue stream coming in like if if you're a dedicated fan of say forza and you get game pass so you don't have to you get what 10 months of game pass before you've actually paid the same amount of money that you would for the game um people will then use that as like a They'll reason, I think people will reason with themselves, that, oh, I haven't paid full price for this. I'll grab the DLC because I can just play the game for whatever and it's not going away because it is first party. Uh, I think you, we probably will see a little bit of a shift in that because I think now that they've got companies like uh, Bethesda, they've got, um, what is their name? The people that make Pillars of attorney they, they bought another RPG studio. I mean, Brian. Yeah, Fargo's yeah, place. Maybe yeah. they've got they've got RPGs coming. Basically, they've got single player focused RPGs probably on the way. Uh, typically, the like you know, apart from Fallout seventy six, Bethesda are putting out single player stuff. Starfields from what I can gather, is a single player in the game, and it's going to be fucking massive anyway you know like it's, it's the next game from Bioware reg- not Bioware Bethesda um, people are going to play it regardless but I think getting it free is going to help but there's potentially going to be monetization in that from Microsoft as a way to trickle in extra money to make its development cost back I guess because yeah. Like that game's been in development for what, like six, seven years, I think. If not, Bethesda aren't new
3: to releasing DLC story packs. So,
1: yeah, that as well.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: th- this is probably a conversation for another time, but the, 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 the way that Game Pass, uh, you know, the, the change of, from trying to sell a game to just retaining a pay- player's engagement mm-hmm. for a longer period of time. Uh, you know, th- there's there's going to be an impact of that on de- on the way that games are designed in general. Um, and people say, no, no, it won't. Games are going to be the same as they were. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't think we would have had Grounded or whatever that Ninja Theory multiplayer game that died on its horse. I don't think those would have seen the light of day if it wasn't for the fact that Microsoft wanted multiplayer games I online.
2: Com- I completely forgot yeah. about that Ninja Theory game. <laughs> What's it guess- called?
1: It was just like total garbage. To, yeah, like, it, was, it was
2: like sort of cartoony graphics, I think. It was yeah. like stylized.
1: Yeah. but you know, I just, I just probably, you know, the impact of, of the subscription future and the way the game is going to be designed and what we see in the future from Microsoft um, is likely to change. And we might not see the same models of monetization, mm-hmm. but we're definitely going to see some kind of monetization, whether that's changing... Historically, you know, single player games like uh, these Bethesda games into multiplayer ones, or putting in microtransactions. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest with you, you know, Elder Screen, Elder Scrolls Online was rife with the motherfuckers. So you know, we'll see,
3: we'll see.
2: Yeah, there's going to be evolution that comes with how their business model has changed for sure. Leading
3: edge. That
1: was
0: oh, hey, that it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> oh, what a forgettable name as well. Jesus shit. That game just oh, it was never gonna happen, was it? Dead on arrival. What a shame. Oh, to be honest, when we were talking about this uh family game pass, all I could picture was Sean and his family playing like Skyrim on like five different things in the <laughs> household. Like one of the kids is playing it on the microwave, the other one's got it on a on like a calculator, Sean's playing it on the PS5. Like, I think you should make this happen, Sean.
1: This this has already happened, I'm just saying. Just,
2: I, just uh, five there, TV screens in a line.
1: At, at one point, I was playing on the PS5 in the living room. Um, my son had a save going on the Xbox Series S. The PS4 in the bedroom, my youngest lad had got it on, and on the Xbox upstairs, one of the twins was playing it. There was more Skyrim happening in our house than ever <laughs> does happen in Todd Howard's house. There's just, just
0: so much Skyrim. This is why they always remember this. Yeah. Sean's household is keeping Skyrim being re released every year. I could build a house based on the number of copies of Skyrim
1: I've faced in the past.
0: (laughs) <laughs> grand so yeah a nice i guess a nice story coming out of xbox in terms of again consumer friendly practice it's nice to see them you know continuing on that trend um the next one is a topic i don't think anyone else particularly has any vested interest in but other than me given that uh it's back for blood related you know that game that we reviewed last year and a couple of us played it we enjoyed the beta i reviewed the full game it was fine it wasn't great it was fine That's why yeah it was it was fine i will i do want to give a couple of i guess positive notes towards it so they've announced a new dlc it's coming out at the end of august i believe august 30th um and it's going to include a new kind of solo oh, not solo, sorry sorry it's going to include some new campaign content which the first dlc pack should have had that you know to start with the first dlc kind of fell on its ass because you had to like replay the campaign that you'd already played multiple times because it was the only thing you could do in the game in order to happened to stumble onto the dlc content and the dlc content wasn't that interesting anyway um it's adding a new character there's going to be new kind of skins for weapons and characters um and it's sounding like a good addition um i will say that i obviously haven't been very hot on back for blood but there's a couple of really nice things from tower Rock studios at the day one is that if one player in the party has the DLC everybody in the party gets it regardless or gets to play it regardless of whether they own it or not so if you guys were to jump in it with me for example because I would own it then you would all get to play it even if you didn't so if we went through the campaign and we started it you'd all get to play it and I think that's a really good move it doesn't break the player base and it's a nice way of kind of rewarding people who A have stuck with the game and are willing to buy the dlc because i can't imagine there's going to be a lot of them um but also it fosters bringing more people back into the ecosystem to play it which i think is a good move Uh, secondly they were really generous with their review codes um and they gave ultimate editions out quite you know quite honestly you know i got an ultimate edition um and the reason that i will hop back in to try this out is because i think Unlike other games where they try to nickel and dime or fleece you for every piece of DLC possible. And you know, you get season passes that cost, you know, almost the equivalent of fully priced games. Um, you know, we've recently talked about The Last of Us One remake and I went off on a bit of a rant of how I didn't think that was anywhere near worth the money that they're charging for it. I think the fact that they're willing to, you know, throw out ultimate editions to people, they're willing to give people the DLC for free, provided someone in the party owns it. These are good practices, and I want to Give something back a little bit with that. So it's kind of incentivized me to come back to Back for Blood. And I feel like it's a practice that other developers might learn from because with a lot of games, even if I really like them, I won't go back for the DLCs because I feel they're either overpriced or I've moved on and played other games. But if I'm kind of incentivized where I feel like the developer's been quite generous or quite positive or earnest about it, I will go back and I will jump back into it. And like I said, Back for Blood is not my favorite game. You know, I've certainly had my, uh, my gripes with it, but I think this is a game that. You know, from the developer side, I can't really argue with how they've actually handled the product itself and the year it's had since it's launched. Um, but yeah, I don't know if any of you guys have played Back for Blood, care about this DLC news, or are bothered about it. You know, I thought I'd throw it out. Obviously, Kat, and Ross aren't here and we played through it together. Uh, Toby played the beta with us as well. Greg played about five minutes and hopped out. Um, so I just wondered if any of you guys had any uh, invested interest in this, I guess.
1: Did, did they ever fix it? Because it was like what, what I played, I'd say, I'll say I played about four, four, four acts. No, okay. four acts. I played a couple of levels.
0: Yes. Okay. Um,
1: and it was crap. Like, it was <laughs> broken. It was like, you know, the, the difficult was, difficulty was all over the place.
0: Oh, it was horrendous.
1: And I, did they ever fix it?
0: I'll say yes and no. So one of the things that they did do is if you played it in just on your own, like an offline campaign without anyone in the multiplayer game, you couldn't earn trophies. You couldn't set up your card decks. So it was effectively just a shit mode. There was no point in playing it single player. They fixed that. So they've turned it now where you can play it solo. They scaled down the difficulty um, for veteran, I think it was and they added an even harder difficulty to accommodate the (laughs) fact that they'd scaled down the other two which i was like you know what fair enough bit mental go for it um they buffed the ai significantly so when i went back to after the first dlc pack i actually played it through uh, a couple missions with people online realized that playing with randoms is absolutely horrible and i hate that experience now um and i did the rest with ai bots on veteran which when it first came out was unfathomable couldn't get past like the first two levels even with like a good squad never mind doing it with the ai um so they have buffed the ai they have made the difficulty curve much more gradual it's still a very difficult game to play you need to understand what you're doing and you need to understand the card system if you're gonna succeed on the high difficulties but i think the nice thing of them adding the hardest difficulty that they have is that it incentivizes people who do really enjoy this loop um, to really get good at it, you know, to, you know, give them a bit of depth, something to aim for. I don't know why you would do it to yourself. You have to be masochistic. I'm not gonna lie, like it's just smashing your head against a brick wall, tough. Um, but if there are people out there who do enjoy that, then good for them, you know. I'm glad. Um, I think there's still problems with it. Fundamentally, the game just isn't as much fun as Left for Dead. And I think that's its core problem, is that the the way levels are designed, the way the enemies work, the AI, the specials, it just doesn't feel quite as good to play and i don't think they're going to be able to fix that but i do think with all the problems that they have been able to work on they have put a lot of work into making this game the best it could be um and that's the part that i really kind of appreciate on the part of total rock is that the game released that had a lot of criticism and it, they could have easily just hunkered down ignored it released dlcs for it and just cashed in on it but they've actually worked really hard to try to make the experience better, and they are still adding to it. I think the DLC pack is a good indication of that. So, it isn't, it isn't. I guess is the answer to that. If that makes any sense, that's a good answer. I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'm not very often. I'm, I'm optimistic or like on a positive side of things with the industry, but I think in this case, it's it's kind of warranted. And I like to try and shine a light on it whenever I do feel like a developer is doing a good job rather than a, a shitty one. <laughs> uh, Josh, Tom, anything to add or anything you want to mention about Back for Blood?
3: So the um, new character, the cleaner. Um, yes, I played what, that one level on the beta that we played together. Oh um, yeah. So different characters, right? They have—is it the cards, the different cards that they have? They have their own set of abilities through the cards, or is it perks that they have?
0: So each character has like their own distinct card, and they each have like their own passive or active ability. Um, Mm -hmm. so like say for example, I think it's Hoffman, he gets I can't remember exactly what it is. I think he gets extra ammo or he does like bonus damage to something. Um, there's like a melee focused character where their card gives them like 20% extra melee damage. There's like the healer where she can carry more medical items, or she can like generally buff people an extra like 20 health just with a basic ability. Um so the new cleaner coming in doesn't add much overall to the the deck system the deck system will probably stay quite the same but if you pick that character you would need to build your deck around what their role is um and it sounds like from what they've announced about this new character they're going to be a little bit lone wolfy type there are uh, apparently like a, a catastrophe post-apocalypse like prediction you know like person who's like predicted that the end of the world was going to come so I imagine it might be built around them being a bit of a lone wolf or something like that
3: In the last dlc they added two characters did they
0: yes so there was i can't remember their names but there were two of them one of them was a melee focused character so i didn't play them at all because i hate the melee on the game (laughs) Um, and the other one i can't remember what their role was precisely but i did play them a couple times and they were okay um does it
3: change it does it change it up nice enough playing Mm. as them as the new characters or is it kind of like
0: i kind of like the old characters I would say no. I think fundamentally the character system is very artificial. Like they each have like a passive ability, like I said, or just like one card that's mainly determinant for them. You kind of build your deck around what they're supposed to do. So obviously if you're like the team healer, you build like a healing build around with all your cards, Um, whereas like a ranged, you know, the ranged character you want to be, you know, doubling, maximizing all your damage and critical hits and all that kind of thing. so I wouldn't say it doesn't really matter you can play as any character and you can still have whatever build you want um it's still got that flexibility um but I think for like if you're a really good team and you're trying to go for like the highest difficulty there's like the key characters from the start I don't think you're going to deviate from just because Mm. they are the core squad that you need in order to succeed you've got the healer the range the melee and the like the team support person um And i don't think any of these new characters are going to usurp any of those but i might be wrong this new character might come out and they might have a really good passive ability that makes them more viable but yeah i wouldn't say they add a particular bit of variety really Mm. more of a cosmetic thing i guess um but yeah it's it's back for blood it's it's okay (laughs) it's fine um but at least the the rhetoric around it is at least more positive than it was when it launched because it was like sean said pretty pretty busted i think i was a little bit nice to it when it first came out when i reviewed it um and although i had a lot of gripes and criticisms we i think we'd had a lot of fun playing at co-op and i just suggest if you ever do play this game like you just don't play it solo and even with randoms online i wouldn't even say it's much fun like that it is best if you have a squad of buddies who just want to take down some zombies together you know um so yeah back for blood's okay basically i guess is the answer grant and then the last thing we want to talk about <laughs> oh EA. EA. what are we going to do with ea i feel like they're just this kind of little bit of a shit stain on the industry where they just managed to somehow flip under the radar while other companies do worse and make really bad fuck ups and then ea somehow managed to pop up and outdo them all and remind us of how much of a shit company they can be so for a bit of context on this ea have recently had to kind of really backtrack hard um over the last kind of, it was about 10 years ago now, and I guess that's important contextually as well, EA executives and the kind of heads of the company around 2010, 12, around 13, 14, were making comments along the lines of, you know, single-player games aren't what people want anymore. The industry is moving to monetization, life services. And, you know, they were basically saying, you know, single-player games are dead and they're not games that people want. There's obviously a big backlash this at the time. Then they released things like Anthem, which kind of flopped. Mass Effect Andromeda failed. You know, they had a bunch of real issues, but they had successes like Apex Legends. And recently there was that tweet that went out. I think we talked about this on the pod where it was kind of a joke tweet where someone said, oh, there are 10, but they only play single player games. Um, And then they had to kind of backtrack on that after all the furious backlash about it. Um, And now they've kind of doubled down again. So VGC kind of reported that there's this big kind of discussion. uh, The EA kind of head was saying, you know, has anyone read this statement just before I like go into it a bit more? Has anyone actually read the statement?
2: I haven't. Okay.
0: Josh, Sean, have you read the statement that they put out? I glanced
3: over it. It's kind of them kind of backtracking on what they were saying is it's
2: damage control in
3: it, it, <laughs> it is. yeah essentially yeah they're trying to talk, talk back what they
0: uh what they thought was a great meme it is but it's also just so fake like I don't know if it comes across to you guys like this but I always feel like whenever executives put out statements like this it's so disingenuous with what they're practicing so they were like oh we're looking at the industry we're looking at what players want you know we have a core set of values that we don't make games for what people want we make them according to what the values are that people are looking for and I was like that is such PR bullshit." Like effectively yeah. what they're saying is we have a core cool set of values and we've realized that some of you actually kind of like single player games so we'll sort of cater to you but we're also not going to stop doing our live server stuff because that makes us some money and then what was funny is that they put out the statement hoping to kind of allay these fears and say you know actually we've kind of learned our lesson a little bit you know jedi fallen order was really successful you know we've announced a couple of big single player games you know the dead space remake uh the jedi fallen order sequels that's come in. Um, and then immediately another EA head said, Oh, actually 70% of our revenue comes from monetized life service games. So um yeah, if you look at the stats, that's what we're doing. And I was like, Brilliant, you've just completely undermined all the progress you tried to make with one statement. It it feels like EA are really trying to put this image out that they care about, you know, what people are saying to them while simultaneously brushing that under the carpet and then carrying on with their bullshit practices as they are. Um yeah. Uh Sean, what did you kind of make of this?
1: Um, so I, I've got a bit of a different feel on this. I, th- I think that EA are only doing what EA's owners, basically, you know, all the shareholders are asking them to do. Uh, I, think, I don't think there are many investors in video game companies that are actual gamers. You know, I don't think many of the people who own shares in EA sit down and go, yeah. I was really into, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda. I don't know why it bombed. I don't think there are many out there. I think what they're most interested in is I've invested 20 grand. I'm expecting a dividend this year, which reflects my investment. And I feel like a lot of the statements that a lot of gamers, and I think, you know, we're right to talk about it, but I do feel like we, we get a bit het up about things that aren't really meant for us. Um I think this statement that's been made recently, and you know, the tweet was, you know, some some you know intern got fired that day. Um, but you know, I think the, the statements in general say, you know, single player games are important to us, but 70% of our business comes from um from live service games. And I think I think it's really difficult to to argue against that. Now mm. when you talk about live service games, you've got to think uh is FIFA's included within that. And obviously FIFA, you know, the sale of the single-player FIFA is, is, is amazing. Um, you get X amount of content for, for you know, as long as, as, long as I, I care to remember now, they've really been pushing Ultimate Team and, you know, the, the microtransaction arm of FIFA. And that's what makes them the most money. You know, we, we spend £45 or actually just get yeah, to EA, EA, EA Access now. And then you know there's a, a very long twelve month tail on that game until the next one comes out. I, I, we can't argue with that, and that he, is what he is saying. And as the, you know, the statement came from the, it was the CFO or the CEO. He is saying we want to make single player games, and he is saying that you know this is an important part of our our strategy. And it's hard to argue against that because. You know, they are still making a couple of single-player games. You know, you can't argue against the Fallen Order's going to sold like hotcakes. And this follow-up is undoubtedly going to sell more than that did. Um, so, what he's saying is, is the truth. And I don't feel like we should get upset by it because I don't think it's aimed at us. I think he's tying his shareholders. Yeah, we still, we're going to make sell single-player games. But please don't be concerned. The money... Seventy percent of all the live series games, you know, the, the money that we actually gener- generate, that's still going to happen. And yeah, and I don't I don't think I think feel like it's a bit of a storm in the teacup. Um, EA, I mean, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Compared <laughs> to so many other companies right now, are are actually you know not as shitty as you know. Let, let's be honest with you. Every year so often, they they manage to put their foot in the mouth with like surprise mechanics for loot boxes and things yeah, like that Yeah, but, but compared to other companies right now they are they are not as bad as as most <laughs> so you know I, i'm i i see these statements and i just feel like we shouldn't take we shouldn't take them to heart because this guy's just trying to do his job
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do think um one of the reasons i know especially for myself you know i I've kind of noticed, particularly with EA, like they had flown under the radar, you know, the whole Activision accusation stuff, all of the Ubisoft stuff that happened, you know, EA almost kind of like slipped under, like you said, relatively. They were the least shitty of the big companies for a good while. Um, But I think for me, the bit that got me was the bit where he was talking about like the values of what they want in terms of making games. And I remember like Mass Effect is like a really big series for me. Like I really love the Mass Effect games. And when I played Andromeda, I just couldn't believe how, Shitly made it was, and I know it wasn't the fault of the developers. It was completely the fault of the deadlines, the the issues that they'd been forced under the you know the pressure. You know, we think of all the studio shut, um, shutdowns that EA are kind of engaged with, and I know obviously, like you said, it's a business. You know, this guy's talking with his business head. He's talking to shareholders. These people don't fundamentally care about playing video games. They want their money to be made. I think the part of that statement is just like they almost try to frame it like they're on the side of the player. And I think like you said, you know, they're in that meeting, they're having that discussion, they're putting out that statement, not for the player, but for the shareholder, while simultaneously almost trying to like reassure players that they're not actually this big bad company. Um, and I do think you raise a fair point of we do sometimes get a little bit too emotionally invested in something a shareholder's, you know, being told by the head of a company. Um, but I think from my personal point of view, I can kind of really empathize with people who get frustrated or quite angry i suppose i wouldn't say i get angry but i'd say i get a little bit like you're kind of a raging hypocrite talking about values of games when you've caused like you know battlefront 2 debacles and all sorts um so i guess that's the part that maybe wrangles people i don't know
1: i I think the thing is with with a lot of the games that ea put out i don't know if 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 you ever completed a, a gaming survey for sony have you ever been sent any of like Customer survey for bios at all
0: oh no i don't I don't get any of that kind of stuff I don't think okay but once they'll ask you questions
1: and then at the end they ask you a series of questions around how you play games and it's it's a really important set of questions because they can then group you into a couple of different groups of types of players, so there are particular people who play games and they play them because they like the reward so you know trophy hunters uh, people who like um ubisoft games where you've got a list of things you gotta clear off a map those you know quick dopamine hits there, there are people that play games because of that and there are people who play games to socialize and there are people to play, who play games to because they are competitive and they like a challenge and the, the questions that sony asking is they, they kind of help you group them ea for a very long time have been have been catering to a very particular demographic of gamer they've been co- catering to the competitive person with madden with fifa with all of this other stuff uh, but historically they catered to everybody you know they they, they cater to The horror game fan who likes to scare because you know they're Dead Space. They they cater to sci-fi RPG people who like to to just get lost in the story. And because it's a very deep psychological thing about why people play games, but EA have only particularly catered to a particular group of people for a long time. And the problem is, a lot of people have got nostalgia for a time when EA did cater to them, and that's why when EA go, hey. Um, we're not you know single player games aren't important to us anymore people go well fuck you then because for a long time we dated and you were my main squeeze and we had lovely time together and now look at you you're out there with a sexy apex legends fuck you,
3: and, you're uh, taking the bet on the side exactly just, so, I, I think the biggest dump they've taken on is their ea Re- originals program though like if, if anyone's affected by that the most it's that because, you know, you've got It Takes Two, a critically successful award-winning game yeah, come yeah, out last yeah. year, and now they're talking about single player, like, you know, making that mean tweet. It's just like, I feel like, it's, it's like, don't bite the hand that feeds, like, these game, the EA original games are the games that are, like, getting you this notoriety of, like, we're still around, we're still, you know, publishing good games. Like, we're not just my multiplayer releases. We do do good quality, narrative-driven games. And I think it's just kind of undermining what those developers do, more so than kind of, you know, upsetting the players, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to re- to, to say that those EA Originals aren't
3: actually EA games, though, are they? they no, they're, no, they, they're published under EA, but they're all their own separate development teams. Yeah. You know. Nobody in EA went, do you know what? I
1: really want to make an artsy game about a couple. No
0: <laughs> I was going to say, there was no way that that went to a board meeting at EA. And they're like, oh,
3: that sounds great. Yeah.
1: But, but what, I meant, We're not, but what but I, I meant
0: was
3: that like, EA get that recognition from those developers' work, which is why I think them saying what they say is taking a dump on them a little bit. Because they're, they're doing the heavy lifting of getting EA a good name in that position to then just be like, yeah, but, you know. Yeah. There are 10, but you play single player <laughs> games. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, where where was Jeff what was his name?
1: Farage. Not Farage. The the guy who said fog the Oscars. Oh, oh Joseph yeah. Farris. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know his <laughs> day. <I'd love laughs> yeah. <know>
0: <laughs> I think also it's a big part of it is also EA's track record. You know, I you know Dead Space 3 was such a, a mess of a final product, and you can almost see EA's shareholder board members like corrupting tentacles like infecting that game throughout Um, that was the transition wasn't it that That was it i think that was was
3: the the point yeah 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 trying to fight
0: with monetization between a narrative game because i think like i would have been okay if they said you know what actually we're just going to move over now where we're just going to focus on fifa's and apex legends and we're going to release the occasional story-driven game or whatever but i think the way that they did it you know about 10 years ago was they were almost saying like you know single is dead Fuck all of you who like it you know we're gonna put market transactions in dead space that's not gonna work so we're gonna shut it down because it's not sold enough ignoring that you know people didn't like it not because they don't like dead space but because they didn't like the practices that were happening and then it happened with mass effect and it happened a little bit you know dragon age the new one that was announced you know when that report came out and it was going to be know the original plan for it was going to be like a survival almost like a roguelite you know it sounded like a really cool experience and then ea's kind of board saw it and they were like nope we're not having that go back to the board redo it and there was just kind of story after story you know the shuttered um star wars project i think amy hennig was a part of was that i think that was EA as well and there was battlefront 2 battlefront 1 had its controversy at this time you know it was just seemingly like IP after IP that they had that was so promising that people were excited for, and it seemed like they were just purposely going out of their way to almost make these games not do very well, so that they can then go, "Oh, look, it didn't sell. People don't want it." We're I think gonna focus on I Apex. think they
3: just nonchalantly take gambles on what they can get away with. Yeah. Um, at the result of customer uh, lashback, which I think rightfully like maybe the voices that come out after it are right in right of me and angry like we should have we should say when they're being an idiot and yep. they'll they'll listen and be like okay yeah let's reel it back a bit like we can't <laughs> yeah. can't take the piss too much but i think this this tweet it's it meant nothing to whoever tweeted it but i think that sort of like it's another gamble on like we don't like single-player games, right, guys? <laughs>
2: they, yeah. they were just trying to hop on the trend, right? Like, yeah, you know, the, trying to be the, a meme. Yeah, the social media person that did that did not think that would happen. <laughs> Apparently it was outsourced, and the person oh, really? that did it
0: didn't play video games, so they had absolutely oh. no idea. Right. Well, there you go, then.
3: Them. That is the generic <laughs> audience for games, for EA, yeah. are these casual people that only think there's FIFA, Call of Duty, and yeah. uh, whatever multiplayer game that's huge, right? Like Fortnite. Like That's those it. are the three games that people play, so surely, and they all have multiplayer aspects and nothing else. So, I think you know.
2: I think the general like FIFA consumer isn't really bothered about Ultimate Team being there because they probably play it, you know. Like yeah, yeah, and they're also not invested into into games the same way as like I guess we are as you know people that fucking write about them. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's, it's the non general consumer gamer that notices all the shit parts like of how just garbage has microtransaction like black hole is.
0: Oh, they're called surprise mechanics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs>
2: it's it was satisfying when like somewhere in Europe got rid of them, right? I can't remember, remember where, yeah, yeah, like. Just a little bit of groundwork on telling EA to go fuck themselves is great. Um, but...
3: I think they just need to remember who the audience are for themselves mm. and what the wide audience is, because it's not just people that it's not casual gamers that just play multiplayer games, yeah. and especially the ones that have been there, like you know, since day one. They know they remember what EA have done. Like Sean said, like there were games in that time that EA catered to and had a reputation for it. I think they just, you know, need to remind themselves that who their audience is and that we're all eyes are on or everyone Mm. in development wise. Like no one just goes and does something without anyone else knowing about it.
2: Yeah, especially now. Yeah. Like social media has really, I think, changed the way that games companies present themselves. Um, Mm. As what's, what's EA's? yeah andrew wilson i think his name yeah, is and android wilson He's yeah, uh, lovingly Jim. dubbed yeah uh i think the only reason he mentioned this during the shareholders meeting is because he knows that the shareholders meeting is going to get reported on a website right like so him saying hey look we're still doing single player games i don't think that is for the investors because they don't care they just want their money i think sean's like bang on when he's like yeah they don't play games they just Know that there's money in it, right? Mm. Um, but I think, especially now, like, God, like the guy that just buys FIFA and Card every year isn't going to be following EA on Twitter, are they? Like, I think they're not they they're not really that invested in like the inner workings of how games are made, which is you know fine. Like, people just like to do things because they're fun and that's like the basest level of gaming like that tweet was for those people right but everyone that actually pays attention is gonna latch onto that and be like well hold the fucking phone you've got like at least three single player only games in development right now like your developers are gonna feel real shit by basically saying like oh yeah these games aren't really worth anything to us I think they had a um, respawn.
0: Responded to it quite. Yeah, he did. As well, he didn't did. Uh,
2: but he's he's been like very, mm. I think, outspoken about how disconnected he wants to be from EA in terms of like development stuff. Um, I think Apex. No, no. So I think it was Star Wars. It was very much like they had the control over that, um, and that game was great. But it's also I think worth noting that uh, EA themselves. Obviously, you get companies like. Uh, the guys that make it Take-Two and um, A Way Out, I think it was, as well, the game. game. Um, the EA original stuff, that's the only place that's really making new IP under EA. Like, they've got a Dead Space remake coming. They've got a sequel to a Star Wars game coming. They've got another Dragon Age, I Quest, coming. Mass Effect, they're doing that as well. These are all pre-established franchises. Um, like, they're the company that killed... Dead Space, and not only are they the one resurrecting it and being like, "Yeah, we're doing it for the fans," even though we fucked you all over a decade ago. But you've also got like the spiritual successor by the original developer or like designer also coming out in a pretty tight time frame.
0: I think it's about and, a month or two before,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Callisto Protocol's in December, and I guarantee the guy in charge of that. I can't remember his name, but he was the director on Dead Space as well. He's probably like, what the fuck is this, right? Like, how shit must that feel to see, like, essentially your baby that was just, like, your entire studio got shut down because you were forced to make a game in the Battlefield franchise. And everyone in that studio lost their fucking job because of EA's decision to shut you down for a game you didn't want to make, really. Um and now they're like dancing it around like yeah we're doing Dead Space again get excited and uh, the shit thing is I am excited like I fucking love Dead Space Um, and I'm, I'm gonna be a huge hypocrite and get it anyway right like but it's really EA are a weird one because they aren't that in the grand scheme of things of what we know about game developers now that we know I think, crunch aside, which is terrible in general, EA are doing the least awful things now, you know, like, obviously, Activision, Blizzard, fucking Ubisoft, they've all got way more skeletons in their closet. And EA probably has not because, let's be real, they're all fucking huge, multi-billion dollar bill- businesses, you know? Like, there's gonna be terrible shit, and there's terrible shit in everything. It's really hard to, like, get anything that hasn't been made in a terrible way. Um but EA, they constantly are shooting themselves in the foot with shit like this, right? Like
1: the
2: the single player debate, I think, like you've said, has it's been going on for a while with EA. Um and I think it took stuff like I think I think it took Star Wars being a success for them, a sort of change course a bit because obviously like like you said andromeda was a fucking mess i don't think it's terrible but it's it didn't do well enough for them to bother doing the dlc they had planned you know um fucking anthem was a total development mess um they keep making terrible decisions for their studios that had good names and all the positive focus seems to be on their sports titles and stuff because they're like good games because they play like you expect, I guess. There's not a lot of risk taken because games are fucking expensive, you know?
3: The answer is money. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> money. I mean, that is it, right? They that's...
3: are the Mr. Krabs meme.
2: They're, they're literally Dutch from Red Dead Redemption 2 we just need some more money <laughs> arthur that's it right that's what it comes down to and i i like you said like that tweet being made by someone who just doesn't know shit about games and all these fucking shareholders that don't know shit about games obviously this report of saying single player games are important we like that's, that only happens because these shareholder meetings happen and they're, you know you can get in on them so that stuff gets reported. But like Sean said, they're not really for us. That's not what they're for. This, this, like, this isn't fucking E3. This isn't Gamescom. Like These aren't big announcements that gamers are supposed to latch onto. They're for people with vested interests in this company. Um, single player games are always going to be there, I think, for EA in some capacity. Because they do make money and they've got IP they can associate with them. I think I think that single player tweet was just like the supremest fuck up. And I don't think it was actually that huge of a deal for EA because I don't think they believe that because obviously they're putting out single player shit. It was just a fuck up on a intern or, you know, some representative. Uh, yeah, it's just... There's so, there's so much news in games now. Everything needs to be reported on because there's a fucking ton of news all the time. Games are coming out all the time. So we're going to... like Everything can't be, I don't know, exciting, you know?
1: Yeah, it, this didn't need a mic. No. Like, on, on a, on a, if this happened on a busy news day, no one would have picked up on it. Mm-hmm. And we, we wouldn't even have that if this is a topic. And the, yeah. the fact that EA probably wouldn't even board up at the stockholder meeting. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, is, it is what it is. And uh,
0: <laughs> I, think, I think we could put it to bed. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's also important to recognize that they do seem to be learning something. We do now have a single player Dragon Age, a single player Star Wars sequel, and the Dead Space remake coming. So at the very and least, great. we're getting some of that output again. And Skate. Oh yeah, we're to skate. That's oh, gonna be fucking pumped. I mean, it's it's, it's,
2: it's gonna be. <laughs> it's a live pumped. service, free to play, but. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see think, what We can I, get.
3: I think the people behind it have got their hearts in the right place. Yeah, though. it's the well, people watch...
2: that used to make Skate Free and. Yeah, and uh, yeah, after
3: watching that little um, conference thing, they mm-hmm. they they definitely know what they're doing. It is about how it plays and yeah. just letting everybody be able to play it. So I'm excited for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and I feel like you know. The kind of thing that's happened with these big companies as well has allowed the good practices of indie studios and smaller companies and all of those to shine a bit more so in a weird kind of way it has allowed other people places to shine and i don't think that's a bad thing so yeah ea just like short said i think you summed up perfectly of just foot and mouth once again they just can't seem to help themselves one way or another they always do Right, so let's go to our recommendations. I'll start with let's start with you, Tom. What's your recommendation for this week? Uh,
2: I will. I will just chime in. Uh, in the last twenty nine minutes, Marvel's Midnight Suns has been delayed. That XCOM Marvel game.
0: Oh yeah, we're actually yeah. Quite excited for that one. Yeah, a shame
2: uh, announced for October. It does not have a release date anymore. Oh, oh, no. oh
3: no! Yeah. What's the bet in they're taking away the card system?
2: Oh <laughs> uh, I was actually yeah, there w- weren't there some previews that came out about it and I don't think people were that hot on the card stuff.
0: Oh that's a shame.
2: Yeah, I oh. just thought I'd thought I'd mention that. It's 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 fresh news.
0: There you go, audience. Sorry. If you're looking forward to Midnight Suns, it's not happening yet. Or not in October anyway. Mm-hmm. I was actually looking forward to the card system. It looked fun. Um, I'm cautiously
2: off. optimistic.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be all right. Uh, but yes, your recommendation, son. Anything uh, you'd like to recommend?
2: Yeah, Sandman on Netflix. It's fucking great. <laughs> um, I've I've recently started reading Sandman. It's a comic. That started in '89. It ran for till '96, I think. Um, I've known about the comics for a while. They've been trying to adapt it into something basically since the '90s. Um. Yeah, it just came out on Netflix on Friday. Uh, it's probably the best show I've seen all year. I don't really watch a lot of TV. I watched Stranger Things and this is far better than that. Um I really hope it gets a season 2 because I finished it and it is real I've been reading the comics alongside it because I finally went all right this out I'm going to catch up first to where it gets to and then watch the show. Um and you can read the first two volumes of the comic are free on kindle unlimited so I, I, that's probably deliberate um so i read those they're great and the show's really good like it's clearly got a monster budget um every actor and it is excellent episode six is one of the best pieces of tv i've seen in a long time um and it's not that important of an episode it's just like really great uh characterizations i guess um yeah well well worth a look
0: very nice it's uh it's hitting all around social media at the moment it's quite popular so uh yeah might be one to check
2: out yeah i'm hoping netflix don't can it because it is very clearly like an expensive show i think the rumored per episode budget is 15 million yeah (laughs) they're going all in yeah nice one uh josh any recommendations
3: uh, yeah, so I've recently been reading a book called The Voids by Ryan O'Connor. Um, I'm about 80 pages in right now. Uh, the best way I can describe it is Imagine Fearing Loathing in Scotland. Um, it's kind of a dystopian take on... Uh, on the uk where he's basically living in a high-rise that's completely empty everybody's left and there's a bunch of them and he's kind of reminiscent of his time and life and his encounters through a very drug-fueled <laughs> experience and it's honestly it's becoming like one of my favorite books i've ever read uh it's so enjoyable it's so funny yet really touching and bleak at the same time and i think it says a lot about kind of
0: what our society is like at the moment and it's really poignant. we're getting all the intense recommendations this week. I love it. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, It's nice to get something a little bit kind of different as well compared to our usual kind of stuff, Um, especially book side of things.
1: Sean, any recommendations for us? I I was going to recommend uh, The Sun Man because I've also been watching that and I've been waiting for it to exist for many, many years (laughs) and it is everything that I hoped it would be. But soon as though Tom's so kind, like kindly mentioned this already. I'm gonna say "Pray," which um, amazing. I, I, don't, I don't know if like it's even worth recommending because it's on Disney Plus. I mean, everyone has probably seen it at this point. But I just I just need to say what a fucking supremely good movie that is, um, and that I mean, it took so long for them to make a decent Predator film. And we got one randomly thrown onto a streaming service on a on a wet and windy Thursday <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> just like I, I can't believe that it's taken this long, you know, since Arnie kicked himself in mud to think. Do you know what's really great is if we just have somebody face up against a predator, learn things about them throughout the movie, and then put it all into practice in the last third of the movie. And it's like. We got there in the end. I'm just really glad that it exists. And if you haven't seen it, and you enjoyed the early Predator movies, then this is definitely one worth to, you know to take a look at because it's really good.
0: Oh, fantastic! That's actually got me super hyped because I actually hadn't heard anything about this movie. I didn't watch. Was it? Uh, I watched Predators. What was then? There was Predator, which was like the reboot. I think it one. was
2: The Predator. Yeah, like
0: The it. Predator. I didn't watch that one. And I absolutely adore the Predator universe. Like, I absolutely love it. Um, and I didn't even know that this had come out until my friend told me the other day. And I was like, oh, cool, a new Predator movie. And the fact that everyone's saying it's really good has me super hyped to actually watch it. And I'm glad it goes back to that old formula. Because like you said, it's such a simple formula, but it works. I don't know why they get messing with it. It has a very
3: unique, like, spin on it as well. Because it's, like, it's set in the 1700s, Native Americans, and it's them. Pitted, oh. against the, pitted, pitted against the predator so
0: it's very different but like it, it might it, be based on the book because there's a book of like predator short stories i've read and one of them oh, really? is like that kind of era uh about a dude facing off against it with this like convoy and it has a lot of ni- nice little references to the first film as well nice well that's got me super hyped thanks guys uh what's my recommendation mine is actually i recommended it either last week or the week before can't quite remember but it's the bloodborne board game card game slash thing um i actually got the chance to play it this weekend uh with a friend who came down and cat and it's really fun like it actually weirdly captures a souls-like experience as a card game so you and the other people who are playing it's got that typical PVEBP type aspect where you're sort of working together to kill whatever monster you're facing off against um the cards all act as like your equipment and your upgrades that you would get in the game um you fight regular enemies and there's like a mix of like three bosses it's set up as like a chalice dungeon so like there's like two decks of regular enemies one of boss enemies and then like a final boss deck um and then you randomly draw like seven three and then your final boss card so it'll be different every time uh you'll get different ep- upgrades each time and also your cards will have impacts on other players so you can kind of communicate what you're going to play and then you can actually lie so you alter all your cards at the same time so you could lie to other people about what you're going to do you can screw over other hunters if you die you go back to the hunter's dream you lose your collected blood echoes but then if you kill off the other players and you can't beat the boss yourself the boss will kill you so it's got this really cool kind of dynamic where it feels really tense and bosses hit hard, you can die really easily and lose all your blood echoes and that's really depressing just like it is in the game. Um, and we had a really cool time. Um, so I'd actually thoroughly recommend it. As far as board slash card games go, I worried it was going to be a bit too like long to learn and get into but it was super intuitive, got into it really quick and you can have some really good fun with it, screwing each other over or working together to take down Vicar or Amelia or all over again. So uh, yeah thoroughly enjoy it i love bloodborne this is a nice way to appreciate it even more grand so that brings us out this week there's not a lot but there are a couple of biggins so first one obviously is two point campus releasing tomorrow and that is day one on game pass so if you don't fancy buying it but you have game pass just feel free to give it a download and give it a crack uh cat is currently playing this one uh, we can't talk about it but she is playing so look out for that um and then there's Cult of the Lamb coming out on August 11th, which is also one that's looking pretty cool. It's like a Don't Starve type, uh, kind of survival resource management type thing. Uh, there's Rumbleverse. I have no idea what Rumbleverse is. Or I'm what looking it forward like.
2: to Rumbleverse. What
0: is it? What is it?
2: it? It's a it's a free to play wrestling themed battle royale. Wow, <laughs> that sounds like uh, a I wouldn't up. like. the uh, The ring that closes in is the ropes. <laughs> of the of the ring, wow. yeah and <laughs> it's like if you get knocked out there's like a 10 count it looks like a ton of fun i've seen a few um people playing the open beta they did i never joined in but i will be giving a look because it's free so fantastic yeah. let's hope
0: it's not dead on arrival like most you know battle royale versus types games are Von universe has done well though so you never know um so look out for that one that might be a game of the week or a recommendation next week potentially and also marvel spider-man is finally coming to pc on august 12th um obviously we all love marvel spider-man we think it's wonderful if you haven't somehow played it given that almost everybody in existence has uh then you can pick it up on pc and i'm sure it's going to look pretty spectacular on there uh other than that there's a couple of other indies look out for but nothing too major this week um so again it's another week for clearing backlogs unless you're into two point in which case i imagine you'll be spending a lot of hours looking after disorderly students which you know take us back to uni basically wonderful any other final comments or closing bits or any other recommendations any other games out this week that i've missed anyone
1: no just want to say well done miles
0: oh thank you <laughs> i hope i've done an okay job
1: you did very well good job well done
0: it's hard to emulate the uh, the charisma and power of our host Roscoe and Cat as well. Whenever she stepped in, she's been wonderful as well. So I hope I've done an okay job in comparison.
1: been <laughs> very well. I just want to remind you though, you have to nail the outro.
0: I know, I know. I'm really. This is like the no proper, pressure.
2: It's a dice proper, roll. Will he do the it?
0: The proper scary acid test part. This is right. Let me just you know give me a second to compose myself. But that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like to follow us, you can. Absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below where you can find us in all the places. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. And if you'd like to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below. Except for myself, of course, because I'm smart and I'm not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon? For just $1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much for watching. The watching? Listening. I was so close.
1: Oh. I did
0: my best. I did my best. I thought I did Who very knows? well there. I did. <laughs> can,
1: can, can, I, can I just say how much of a cock you sounded by going, I, i'm smart because i'm not on twitter I know, I know i hate having to say it but i also
0: <laughs> have to because it's part of the outro now so absolutely I yeah it. it would be violent on twitter if you didn't say that <laughs> absolutely so smart the audience know what they want and i have to deliver it even if it makes me sound like an asshole which i am to be fair um but yeah so for now it is goodbye from sean toodles it is goodbye from debutant joshua thompson goodbye <laughs> and it is goodbye from tom woods bye-bye and it's goodbye from myself sorry for cocking up the outro i apologize next time i will do better if i ever have to host it again hopefully Russell Cat will be back to uh, take the reins next time but for now i hope you all have a lovely week enjoy two point campus and we'll see you guys next time on the thinker guns podcast